You're listening to the Backroom Beer League Podcast with your hosts, Jacob, Nigel, and Greg. Bringing you your fantasy sports content recorded from the back room. To stay up to date, follow us at BRBL Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And rate the podcast to show us your support. Now, here's Jacob, Nigel, and Greg to talk fantasy sports. It is 8 o'clock on uh, Tuesday, February 18th. Um, my name's Jacob. My name's Nigel. And this is the Backroom Beer League, uh, minus Greg this week, because he is a hardworking theater student. The greatest showman. In a uh, school production this week, so props to him. Um, he's He's been working his ass off all weekend. I know he has... He has uh, record or well, not recording his rehearsal and uh, dress rehearsal, and he's been he's been putting in some some real man hours on this yeah. theater production that he's in. And also, I'd like to note, Nigel is uh, sick with a cold or bronchitis or some sort of disease, God knows. But all I can smell right now is vapor rub, and uh, he's trying he's trying to he's he's muscling through this. He he committed to the podcast recording tonight. And uh, I said, okay, as long as you're feeling up to it. And uh, here he is. Here, you know, uh, Greg couldn't be here. I'm here for the boys. But if you're in the Fredericton area, nothing to do Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. I'm not, I think Friday night might be sold out, but I'm for sure knowing Wednesday and Thursday are good. If you got nothing to do, we got $15, go to the Stu Black Box Theater, St. Thomas University, and watch the production of Sweeney Todd to see our guy Greg and some of our other friends. It uh, should be a really good show. I know I'm going to see it tomorrow night, me and a few friends, and it should be a good yeah. show. So if you're in the area, got nothing to do, still want to support the podcast, want to support Greg, go see it. I'd recommend. I haven't even seen it, and I know it's going to be good. Yeah, Greg's a really good actor. He's an even better podcaster, so he knows he knows how to how to make himself be more pronounced on the mic with his acting acting skills i think um yeah so all that being taken care of if you hear any weird noises or sniffles or coughs they're probably from nigel and not from me although i was just getting over a cold this past week so um that being said that being said uh there's been a lot happen in sports this past week not just in one particular sport but in all of them and uh it might be a bit shorter tonight's episode, but uh, I think we should definitely touch on probably hockey first because right before we started recording here, there's been a few trades uh, that kind of have to do with the NHL trade deadline. And um, and uh, one of them actually went to the Capitals, um, Brendan Dillon from the San Jose Sharks, which signifies that the Sharks are selling. It's not that they are going to make the playoffs anyway. I, 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 they're pretty much out of it now. They're a few points above the Devils. Um, they're selling the team. They're putting everything out for market. Um, Brendan Dillon, great defenseman, underrated in, in San Jose. Uh, we only had to give up a second-round pick in 2020 and a 2021 conditional third-rounder, I think. Um, that's really good if you can get a – a piece like Brendan Dillon for only picks, you're winning in that case. Um, 
I really think he's going to improve the core of the defense in Washington. Not That's not saying that the Washington defense was bad, but we've been slow the past couple weeks. And I'm not sure if that's a coaching uh, issue or if it's a defense issue, but nonetheless, adding that extra piece in Brendan Dillon, I think is going to definitely help us pick it up a little bit. Oh, I agree 100%. Because we've talked about this, and Braden Hope, he's getting up there, and he's yeah. not as good. So like, he'll be defense, gone after this season. Defensive help is huge, and like you said, you didn't you didn't pay much for him. No, like San Jose knows where they're at. They know they're not making the playoffs. So they're, they're like they're I think ten, like over ten points back. Like yeah, they're they're. I know. I think they're legit. Like one place above the Devils in the entire league standing. So they're not doing anything. Speaking of. Um, Excuse me, defenseman being moved today. Uh, the Blues um, earlier today acquired Marco Scandella from the fr- Canadians. Canadians. That was that was a real good move on the part of the Canadians because they need the picks that they got. They got a second tw- and a fourth. Yeah, twenty twenty second round pick and a twenty twenty one conditional fourth rounder. That move was really good by Mark Bergevin. Mm. Well, and it's good for the Blues too because they recently just. You know, um, I can't think of his name. I don't know. I can't think of his name. Had the cardiac arrest. Oh, so, Jay Bomister. Yeah, there's a chance Bomister doesn't play. Yeah. So no, you, I, you need someone to fill that role, and like you're not paying overly a lot for him. No, I completely agree. I, I think it's a great move by the Blues. I mean, it's it's clear that they want to uh, contend. They want to defend the cup. So, you know, that little piece in Scandella adds a bit of depth. That's that's what a lot of these trades have been, and I, you don't really expect anything else from the trade deadline. Usually, uh, usually it's more depth trades than big names being shipped out before uh, the trade deadline. Um, one really good trade that uh, has popped up. It was actually uh, uh, yesterday on on Monday. Tyler Toffoli of the LA Kings going to the Vancouver Canucks. And Tyler Toffoli in L.A., underrated. But once you put him in a setting like Vancouver where he's on a winning team, he can actually help the team actually contend in the playoffs um, should they make a run this year. I really like that trade. All they had to really give up, I don't really want to say all they had to give up, but they, they had to give up. Tim Schaller um, and Tyler Madden, um, a 2020 second round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick if DeFoley chooses to resign with Vancouver. So it was it was a price to pay, I guess. But the points that you're getting into Foley and the fact that Toffoli is such He's, he's a really disciplined player. He doesn't take a lot of penalties. He, he contributes all these assists and goals to the team that he plays on and then doesn't get the penalty minutes. It, it's it's really good. Um, really good move on Vancouver's part. Well, yeah, and they also... Um, they still... They they were interested in Wayne Simmons, but I please. think they still do have... Come get him. I, th- I think they still do have some interest in Wayne Simmons, but um, nonetheless, Tyler Toffoli, great ad by them. Well, now he's also paired up with... Uh, 
Tanner Pearson, who's one of his best friends. Yeah. They've uh, released some amusing social media photos of the two of them showing yeah, Jake right now. Yeah, I did now. see those. Arms around. So it's always good. That's like, that's pre-existing chemistry. Yeah. Which is huge and really good in the locker room. Like Tyler Toffoli is probably like a... He's very underrated. Like he's like a 15 to 18 goal guy, 15 to 18 assist guy. That like He'll give when, you 30 plus points a year. When you add those points to the team that Vancouver already has... That is great. They've got a possible Calder in then Quinn Hughes. And he's still young. Like they're they have a such a young team in Vancouver. Um talking about Wayne Simmons though, and I know you're gonna love this night. There have been a lot of good moves by New Jersey to sell. It's been the most, I guess, bittersweet thing. Um we Andy Green, who's been a devil drafted and for 14 years now. 37-year-old on his final year was traded to the New York Islanders for a second-round pick and a young defensive prospect, Mm -hmm. which is an extremely good deal for a 37-year-old rental. Like Again, it was bittersweet because Andy Green has done so much for the Devils organization. Really, this year, been our only solid defenseman. But when you get a return like that, I, I hope he goes and wins a cup. I'm all for that because even then he there has been rumors it's not confirmed by him that even after this year he might come back resign if he doesn't retire excuse me and the other deal which was also bittersweet was um for Blake Coleman the Tampa Bay Lightning gave up the fir- their first overall pick which they had gotten from Vancouver so it's Vancouver's mm-hmm. as well as Nolan Foote who's an extremely young very like he was a previous first round back, a very good forward prospect for Blake Coleman, who he was in, having a career year. He's been playing lights out, but it's clear that the organization understands that like they need to rebuild. And if we're going to keep getting value trades like this, then we're set. The market's getting set ridiculous. Like, well, I, well, I think Sammy like, Vanden might give me a first. Well, the thing with especially the green trade, it's a benchmark trade in that it pretty much sets the price of whatever else gets traded at this trade deadline in the NHL because the fact that you got what you got for a 37-year-old defensive rental to New York makes every other team in the NHL say, well, if I have a 37-year-old defensive rental, I'm not taking anything less than what the Devils got, right? And I almost found it a weird trade in that the Islanders are actually pretty well off for defense right now. Yeah, they. I thought they would go for a goal they, scorer. They need a bit more scoring. I think a team like Toronto should have made a move for Andy Green before. They still couldn't make a move for Vatanen. I mean, yo, you got a first-round pick? We got three this year. I'll gladly take four. Like, like it wouldn't be a bad move see, because they haven't picked up that defensive piece that they need to actually I'm, contend. I now have three teams I'm now willing to cheer for. If for the playoffs this year, I've got the Lightning because they've got Coles now. They got Pickles. Um, I've got the Islanders because they've got Andy, who I'm going for Andy. I want Andy to get a ring bad. That guy deserves it. Um, and then well, there's also. Does he already have one? I. Uh, no. No, he would have no, missed he, out on he that. Was, he would have been one or two years. He was two years because he got drafted year after Zajac. Yeah, he would have missed. He got out drafted on that in 05, so he was two years post Cup team. Yeah, but um, and then there's if the Yotes make it, uh, Taylor Hall, but yeah, I know the Devils. 
the Devils have been obnoxiously good at buying low. Like, if the Devils were just playing stock markets instead of hockey, they would be remaking the Wolf of Wall Street. Well, but the, like the Devils, the weird dilemma that you guys had this year is that you guys thought your team was better than it turned out to be. Disappointing, yeah, but the the value that you're getting in some of these trades at the deadline, you're actually making some of the disappointment back. Like well, once if you draft well with the picks that you're given. Oh, well, Nico Hischer is playing really well. Jack Hughes has been underwhelming, but he's also an 18-year-old who's been playing now that he's actually shooting the puck instead of trying to pass it so much, he's been... And it could take two years for, for but Jack even then, Hughes to come in himself. Now we have Nolan Foot, a defensive prospect, three first-round picks this year, which odds you not blowing all three picks are low. Um, there's still guys like Kyle Palomari still there. We might get rid of him. I, can't, I don't know if we'll get rid of Palms, but he was... He's still there. Mackenzie Blackwood is a solid foundation in that. We need to get rid of Lewis Domingue. You guys, like what you guys didn't do this past season, coming into uh, 2019, 2020, is you didn't fully commit to a youth movement. No, I'm, and you can't really do that. Ray because, Sh- I mean, your your captain was Andy Green. It's not like you can just ship Andy Green out. Ray and be like, Hero, I think, fuck made off. his job was in jeopardy. And said, I got to do something here. Yeah. And it blew up in his face. It did. Well, I mean, you got Taylor Hall shipped out. Like, you got you got to commit to the full rebuild Can you now. imagine if we still had Taylor Hall? Oh, my God. Yeah. At value, like, our interim GM is getting, like, a great. Our Taylor Hall, I'm okay with what we got for Taylor Hall. Yeah, I, I think it was first, pretty good. Um, I think a, th- a first, a third. He's a rental, prospects, too. And he's, yeah, he's a rental. He's not coming back. No. But, like, he's going to command a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, like, again, we also traded a defenseman who hadn't scored in over a year for him. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you pull that kind of stuff off. Like, I mean, it obviously it hasn't worked. But, like, honestly, like, our GM, Tom Fitzgerald, came out and said, and he said, I loved Andy. He's a great guy, our interim GM. But he said, like, we're building for a future, which is great. And the way they're doing it is great. Um, I'm okay with that. You know, it was rough watching Travis Ajak in your tears when they asked him about Andy Green. Because, again, he's played with Andy for 14 years. He's been a devil since 2004. But I'm happy they can get rid of Zajac. Because Zajac's a really good... He's old, but he's a really good lead, like leader in the sense that he's... He's always been good at face-off, so he's good for teaching the young centers and the other players. I say I say New Jersey is probably a year or two out from actually having a good team. You you kind of bungled this year, yeah, but the return that you're seeing on some of these trades, like I said, uh, you're going to get some young prospects in your draft. You're going to build up your defense a bit with these young players, and you're going to land a pretty good team in the prime of Heischer's career, in the prime of Jack Hughes' career, like once these guys stick in New Jersey and you don't have so much movement like you did with Taylor, Taylor Hall this year, and you still got Subban kicking around, you can do whatever you want with him. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Part of me doesn't want to give up on him, and we're not hurting for cap space, so the $20 million, but like part of me also, like when you talk about the Knicks, you want them this year to go out and make a splash deal. Part of me in free agency, if I don't know what's going to be available for free agents this year, but part of me wants to make a move on a solid defenseman. You don't need a 
Like, we don't need an offensive defenseman like PK because our offense has been playing really well lately and it's going to be set. We need a mm-hmm. lockdown defensive defenseman. Like, I don't care if he scores three goals a year, if he can block shots, get assists, back check, the, you know, like posi- play positional defense because that's what we struggle with. If he plays with. like he did in Nashville, like mm-hmm. his first years in Nashville, he'll be worthwhile well, keeping. Yeah. If we can get Mackenzie Blackwood some help. You'll be you'll be pretty good in a, in a year or two. One player I want to talk about though, um, Zach Bogosian. I mentioned last podcast that he might be moved because Buffalo. I mean, there Buffalo is just one of these teams every year that's been moving at the trade deadline and they've been selling because they they just end up being a disappointment every year. It, it's it's you know disheartening for them. But Zach Bogosian. A bit of a bust, but do I think he's going to get moved? Yeah. Why? Because John Vogel reported that Zach Bogosian was waived and demoted by Buffalo, but didn't report to Rochester on Sunday. And neither the Sabres nor the Americans, Rochester, Rochester Americans in the AHL, could say if he will show up. So that says they're shopping him, first of all. The fact that he hasn't reported yet says... He's probably in a trade right now with some team. I honestly, if if your team picked up Zach Bogosian and you didn't have to pay a lot for him, you'd actually you'd actually be well off there. I think I think there's still something there in Zach Bogosian, even though he's kind of a failed a failed project. Well, that's how I knew uh, Blake Coleman was going because there were rumors he went to the Avs, but when it was reported that he wasn't playing, um, it would have been Saturday night. Nor Sunday. It was Saturday or Sunday night. Either or. I knew that night that he was traded because you don't leave out one of your stars with no reason. Uh, but a trade we did forget to mention uh, was the Jets traded for um, uh, Dylan DeMello from the Senators in exchange for a third round that was, pick. That was pretty good. Because the, Jet, the Jets aren't, I don't think they're too far out of a playoff spot. No. The wild card race in the West has been wild. Yeah, it has. Teams have been in and out of it constantly. And there's no team that is out of it. So that's Jets, what, for Jets, a third. That's a solid pickup. The Jets right now are three points out of a wild card, <laughs> which which is doable. Oh, hundred percent. Because they were in it a couple. Yeah, like last week. Yeah, I mean, you pick up a few games, and they have a couple games to play to catch up to. Like Arizona's sitting in there with sixty eight points right now, but they have two games more played than the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a good move for the Jets. Um, like I was saying last week. Chris Kreider, he hasn't he, he finished contract negotiations yet. Still in play very much to be moved. I think New York's going to sell a bit because they're not in a playoff spot. They're not going to be in a playoff spot. I just think it's weird that I always heard Georgiev being rumored to be traded by the Rangers. I don't think he is now. I haven't heard anything on, on Georgiev. But like I was saying last week, Georgiev and Chesterkin could be a great goalie tandem, the two Russian goalies they have in New York. And if they shipped out Georgiev to play Hank more, to play Lundqvist more, just because he's the king and he's been there, you know, it's a seniority thing or whatever. I don't like if he was on the trade block at all, I don't understand it. They'd be shooting themselves in the foot because 
if they played a New York Islanders type tandem with like how the Islanders have Grice, they had Leonard last year, they have uh, I forget who they have this year with Grice, but they the, the the tandem seems to work for them. It, it carries the weight of the whole season between two goalies equally. Mm. Yeah, there is. I just don't understand. Like if they're saying, "Okay, Georgiev's on the trade block," what's what's your future then? Yeah, I don't. I don't get that either. Like, Shesterkin's going to be a star. He's Yeah. But Georgiev is such a great backup option. Oh, 100% agree. Like, I understand the seniority thing, but there's a point when you've got to say, okay, we got to... Like, the... Because you can't just center everything. The, Ranger, the Rangers you. need to do, not do it, like, kind of do what the Devils are doing, where build for the future, because they're going to have prime Capo Caco. Yeah. Which, he's on the fourth line right now, and he's kind of like Jack Hughes. They have where he's Mika been. Zibanejad, they have Panarin, they well, have and great Shist- pieces. Shistik, Shist- I can never. Shisterkin. Shisterkin is young. I cannot pronounce his name. Yeah. They've got a young team. and They're going to be great in two years. They, can, they just can't be in, they can't be if, in denial that if it's going to be now. Yeah, if they make a stupid decision, like a really stupid decision to ship Georgiev out, they're just, they're ending it for themselves because... If you don't have that option to go to, if Shesterkin, for whatever reason, gets hurt, then you're just pretty much losing those games that Shesterkin's out and you don't have anybody to go to. Because who are you going to put in? A 40-year-old Henrik Lundqvist? I mean, no disrespect to Henrik, but he's not the goalie that he was 10 years ago. No. Sadly, I think he will go down as him and Carey Price will be the two best to go and never win. Yeah, because they're I mean, both extremely I'd, good. Henrik is hands down the best goaltender I think to play and never win a cup. Um, oh, it's ridiculous! And he's not going to win a cup unless, for whatever reason, it would make more sense to ship Henrik to a contender. To a contender, but they'd never do it. No, that would be a, a great idea, I think. Because, like, I mean, imagine if they shipped him to uh, Florida. Well, yeah, because Florida, like, Bobrovsky, I know, is a big name, but it's, he's been shitting a bit. Yeah. it. Like I he, said last week, I think it was last week we talked about this, too. Yeah. I keep saying last week, last week, last week. But last week we, we, did, we did talk about Florida, and we did talk about Bobrovsky, and I said it's probably more an adjustment thing if Florida, because right now Bobrovsky doesn't really have anybody to lean on to actually take the load management, and I know you hate that word, those words, but... The load management is is different for goalies. Oh yeah, no, I understand with goalies completely. Because look at, well, like look at, uh, well, Carey Price is a prime example. They bell cowed him, and now he's on an eight year deal, making a lot of money, and he's just not as he's not what he used to be. If he was in Florida, like if Henrik was in Florida, and him and Bobrovsky shared the load of the games this season, like Florida's already a team that is contending for a wild card spot. But if Bobrovsky had that little bit of, um, I don't know, support, if you want to call it, in Henrik to pick up some of these games as a veteran and kind of share it with him, I think they'd be winning a few more games. And New York would never ship out Henrik. This is all hypothetical situation. But I really think that uh, they'd be better off if they had someone like Henrik. Yeah, well, since Craig's not here, we're not going to dwell on basketball. Um, not too much, but too much, I think we should definitely touch on a few things. We're not the big stars. One thing you've got here, 
which has just happened. I know we all talked that we didn't like All-Star games, but Greg said, when Greg says the NBA's was the best. It is. And my God. Was By and large. I got to say. It we was were, a great game. We were shitting on that new format. My God, was that it? Like, I know I know, there's no defense being played, but like 150, I don't know how Team Giannis ever got that close. That game should not, like, those teams were so stacked. Well, the starting lineup was stacked in LeBron, and they changed the MVP to the Kobe Bryant Award, which Kawhi Leonard won, which was great. Kawhi Leonard still, like, uh, I, his interviews are so funny because he's, like, yeah. you can tell he's kind of not antisocial, but he's a very closed-off person. Yeah. So, like... He walked out. I remember he went, like we walked out for his interview, and there was a Gatorade bottle on the table, and he took it off, and he was just like, "I'm not sponsored." Yeah, like it's like stuff like that that makes him funny, and like it was a great. Game. What was that? I think one fifty? I mean, some weren't happy it ended on a foul. It yeah. was one fifty five, one fifty three. Uh, I think it was something like that because it came. Yeah, it came down to two free throws, and I know. Uh, I don't know if Anthony Davis intentionally botched the first one to build some hype for the the second one because i mean anthony davis is a pretty good free throw shooter uh but he hit like the the back of the rim like that like it seemed like ugly yeah it was an ugly free throw and then he he sunk the second one so i feel like it was a little bit of suspense building there but none like that being said I really enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the uh, the skills competition this year. Um, I always enjoy the skills competition. We were saying that we actually enjoy the skills competitions almost as much or more. Man, than the three-point, though. The three-point competition. Uh, Bam Adebayo in the skills competition. Big boy Bam. Oh, my God. Well, not just Bam, but there were so many, there were so many big men that contended like it was all big men it was an all big men uh final i mean sabonis he went against sabonis in, in the final it i think it really comes down to the fact that the big men can actually th- shoot those well, threes could you imagine if anthony davis was in that yeah oh my anthony davis is a freak yeah but like yeah bam bam is underrated bam well is spencer good. dinwiddie came in as the previous champ like he he won last yeah. year and he made him look like a fool. I mean, it was close in the end because Dinwiddie missed the pass, mm-hmm. the passing portion of the contest, but he eventually caught up. But by that time, yeah. Bam had already sunk the three. I think um, the only thing uh, that was a bit was the dunk contest, and we are both in agreement with this. Yeah. For the second year in a row. Not in a row. Well, not in a row, but second year. Second year, yeah. Gordon got robbed. Yeah, yeah. no. Like, this year especially, like, I know originally they were apparently trying to make it, like, a weird, like, they wanted to tie it, and it was, like, Dwayne Wade took a lot of heat, well, mainly because the Heat player won, but, like. No, Aaron Gordon got robbed, and he actually said that he's finished with the dunk contest. Uh, one hypothetical I did see on Twitter, which would be hype, but I know won't happen, was next year. We could get a Jean Morant, Zion Williamson. Nah. Like, yeah, you, that's that's definitely hypothetical. No, because they're both probably going to be in. If they're not. Well, Jaw said on Twitter that he's not going mm, to. And if they aren't in the All-Star game next year. I'll and be, I think the, the outcry that came from Aaron losing the dunk contest oh, this it, year, it, it really. For the second time, he jumped over like, a man under the legs, like under the legs, well going over the guy. So that means he had about a rough, like, 
foot between where the ball needed to slide through between the person. Yeah, there, there were some great dunks, but it, it came down to the judging that really let them down. Yeah. I mean, the judging was just atrocious all night. They they got, uh, oh, Chadwick Boseman. Like, what does Chadwick Boseman know about dunks? Yeah. like I, it was, I understand the celebrity thing, but like, no. Like Dwayne Wade. Yeah. But like Dwayne Wade didn't dunk that much. It's just you can't really get a good panel. Like I know they had they had Pippin there. He he's fine. I mean, leave Pippin there. P. But when you when you add people like Chadwick Boseman to a yeah. panel of dunk contest judges, it really doesn't make sense at all. No. It really doesn't. I, it it takes away from the legitimacy of the actual judging process. When you add cuz he stood there or sat there rather, stone-faced all night. He didn't have one ounce of emotion after some of the best dunks. Like, he didn't why even is, want to be there. Why is Shaq not just only judge? I don't know. Shaq's face, man. It was funny, though. I he love was, Shaq's face. He was just like... He was just huh? on the sideline holding the uh, the phone with the selfie stick. He was just kind of doing the, the, the courtside well, view. He's, like, the selfie stick looks so tiny. Yeah, like, I know. He's, I want to know humongous. like what lab he was made in. But Shaq's just like such a big personality and his face is like he makes the funniest faces when he judges that kind of stuff. So why they didn't have Shaquille O'Neal as a judge is beyond me. It should have been a tie. It really should have Which been a tie. I, like, like Dwayne Wade did come out and say that was the plan and I don't know if he messed up or somebody else messed up. Well, whoever ran, whoever coordinated the event messed up when they made yeah. them go back. Because by the end of it, they're copying each other's dunks. And I don't know. Aaron Gordon was snubbed. I, I'm not going to refute that fact. I'm not going to, uh, you know, go back on that. But at the same time, I do understand a lot of people saying that Aaron Gordon didn't really deserve it completely because he did dunk over Taco Fall. Taco was bent over by the end of it. Like he he hardly cleared Taco. Yeah, but and Taco it's hard to also a it's giant. It's hard to, to clear Taco, but still. I think people saying that he dunked over Taco Fall and he should win it outright just because of that. I don't really think that's why he should have won it because mm -hmm. I think his dunks earlier were better. But it it just happened that way and it's it's a shame, but mm -hmm. anyways. That's probably as much as we're really going to talk about basketball. Like I said, mm. Greg isn't here, so he's he's more the basketball guy. I did want to talk about baseball uh, for a little bit, actually, because obviously the Astros scandal, it's tumbling out of control at this point. We've had a press conference last week by the Astros themselves. We've had a press conference this week by Manfred. Both he, horseshit. He botched it. He called the World Series trophy and ring a piece of metal that you play for. Astros owner contradicted himself. He originally said sign stealing didn't affect the game. Then when asked, he said, I didn't say that. And people online are calling for Manfred's firing. Uh, Manfred There's announced no. heightened penalties for uh, the intentional targeting of Astros batters by pitchers. So he, he's pretty much saying you can't police this yourself. I think he's going to have a hard time with that one. I mean, the the players union is probably going to step in and say, well, you can't give fucking ridiculous penalties to pitchers. We're just not going to let it happen, even if they are intentionally pitching at, at Astros players. Um, 
it's just it's it's really hard to wrap your brain around at this point because there's so much shit coming out. Uh, Francis Martez uh, got suspended for PEDs on the Astros Astros pitcher for 162 games a full season because it's his second offense. Uh, I know I read today the Astros season ticket holders are suing the Astros organization for misleading them in pricing. I don't know. It's just there's so much shit building up within. Well, it's the whole fucking thing's already exploded, but it's just it's just oozing out of Houston right now. There's so much shit that they have to deal with, and it's a mess. If you were part of the Astros organization right now, you really don't want to come into work. You don't want to play baseball. Well, like, and now it's the excuse. The excuse for not ripping off Jose's shirt went from his wife being mad, now went to an unfinished tattoo. Yeah. And then they showed the tattoo, and it's just a name. Well, they said it was a bad-looking... like. That tattoo. And then people pulled up a, a photo of him shirtless around the same time and there was no tattoo found. So Well, even then that tattoo is one session, 45 minutes. Yeah. Like, there's no reason it would be unfinished or it looked bad because you don't get a name touched up. It's just... There's a lot of things. If they'd stop beating the bush and just either say no or yes, this wouldn't be as big of a deal. But it's the, we refuse to comment. The MLB did their investigation and the horseshit excuses that keep getting proven false. Well, Korea came out and, and faced the reporters and faced, uh, well, I think it was Ken Rosenthal, actually, he, he talked to and said, well, shut up. You don't know the facts. He was talking pretty, he was responding to Cody Bellinger's uh, take on the whole situation and Cody Bellinger I think really handled it well uh, he was pissed off but he didn't say things that were out of context he didn't say things that were necessarily rude or anything he really handled it professionally I think I mean being a Dodgers player he said they stole the World Series from us pretty much and I think that's true, considering they're cheating bastards. But I think Korea, in his response, saying, shut up, you don't know the facts, don't talk shit if you don't know all the facts. Well, what are the facts? Tell me what the facts Instead are. Instead of saying, Carlos, like, please. Like, all you, all they keep saying is the MLB's done their investigation, or I won't comment. Like, but Carlos Correa's, like, standing in front of the media and, and, and telling Ken Rosenthal, Shut up! You don't know the facts. Don't don't say shit if you if you don't know all the facts. Well, tell us the facts then. What are the facts that we don't know? Because if there are facts that we don't know, that make it a lot more clear, that make you less of a scumbag person, just tell us. Because it's only going to help you. But they there are no other facts because whatever the Astros PR sat down and told them to do in their press conference last week. Oh like, my God. It was Astros PR needs to be fired, first of all, because they completely botched that. You can't, well, it's not like you can fire the owner because he gave a completely disgusting interview and and said it didn't affect the game. Oh, I didn't say it didn't affect the game. It's <sighs> the Astros scandal. It feels like you're beating a dead horse, but in in reality, we're only in the midst of all this. Well, now the players are speaking. Like the players, honestly, were Mike Trout spoke out against it. 
All Aaron Judge said it, Aaron makes him Judge, feel like it made him sick to his stomach. And Labor Torres, who is generally a mild-mannered player, spoke out against um, somebody it. Somebody from Atlanta, I can't think of his name. He spoke out. Well, his was a little extreme. He's like, ah, right, those guys need to be. Freddie like, Freeman? I don't know if it was Freeman, but somebody said they needed to be like. I don't know. It's. I, I don't know if it was like, I can't remember the exact language. It was like, these guys need to be like beat or something. Like, um, I think I've got it here. Um, that's Mike Trout. Yeah, Trout said they like lost respect for Altuve. Yeah. In that Trout case. himself said he lost respect for people he knew in the Astros organization. It doesn't even really matter like what the Braves player said. It's just all these players coming out against it. It's it shows that there's so much wrong with this this investigation and the cycle of passing off this whole charade as well we have a chip on our shoulder whatever it's it's so tiresome hearing Astros fans now at first they outright denied it and said we didn't cheat they would have been pretty fucking evident if Mike Trett was on the Astros doing that shit and he was hitting everything in sight. Well, they, even, they would have had to calm him down. They would have had to sit him and say, listen, you can't hit that much because people are going to figure out you you know exactly what bitch is coming. Well, and speaking of that, you know, there was a lot of talk that it followed with Alex Cora when the investigations yes, another the Red Sox came out. And has anything happened with that, Jake? Well, I haven't really, I haven't really heard very much on the Red Sox investigation. It's still ongoing, obviously. Um, we're probably going to hear a verdict soon on who's to blame, who is going to be incriminated in that. Um, given that they're repeat offenders with the whole Apple Watch thing, that's not going to help their case. I'd almost wager that they might get a more serious penalty after, A, the outrage of Houston not getting hardly anything at all, and B, Alex Cora migrating to Boston and apparently being the ringleader of this whole thing. They're easily public, they're easily public uh, enemy number two right now anyways to their own fans because they traded Mookie Betts away. Oh, and yeah. I think that's... It's a shame for them, but it's great for us Yankee fans, you and I, Nige, who don't have to deal with a competent... Boston Red Sox team this year. Um, I could easily see the the Toronto Blue Jays being way more competent than the Red Sox this year. Like if Ryu performs and he acts like a the, the pitcher he did first half last year in in the Dodgers organization. Uh, they have Bichette, Guerrero hits anywhere is from two seventy to two eighty five. Um, Kevin Biggio hits homers like nobody's business. They can actually have a pretty good season and they're probably two or three years away. But coming back to the Red Sox a little bit, they're repeat offenders. Um, the whole Apple watch thing, they're housing Alex core. They housed Alex core before he was dismissed. Is it less serious than, than the Astros? Yeah. In some ways, in other ways, maybe not because they've already done it before in a different way, less serious way. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm expecting from this Red Sox investigation, really. Um, I'm expecting Alex Cora to be banned from baseball. 
surely to God they'll do that. They'll do that much. Well, no, I don't know. Manfred's that, a buffoon. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a man go from, you know, decently respected to, like, hated more than Roger Goodell and Batman. Like, that that takes a lot because Goodell and everybody hates Goodell and Batman. Like, mm. those guys walk into a draft and all you hear are boos. Yeah. Like, you, like, Manfred tanked hard in an interview. Like, and his failure to punish the players and all this mess. Well, at this point, he's, like, making jokes in the interviews and he's making jokes in the press conferences. It's obvious that Manfred knows he's taking shit for this and it's obvious that he's he's not really... He doesn't feel bad because at the end of the day, he's only really responsible to a very limited extent. I mean, he's responsible to the owners. Of the teams, and as long as he keeps making the money, then they're not out anything. Yes, the 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 integrity of baseball has been changed drastically, and it has changed, in my opinion, forever. Until a ballsy commissioner in the future hands out a penalty that should have been handed out here. Um, but. Has there really been any money lost to the sport of baseball over this mishandling of the situation? I'd argue that they're going to make more money this year. Well, because their name's been in the press all offseason. Well, it's the first time baseball has been trending on Twitter in years. Because like offseason, baseball has a really long... And baseball's offseason is at the most unfortunate time. Because hmm. baseball's offseason is, well, every other sports... like. The three other main American sports of basketball, football, and hockey all go on while baseball's in yeah. off season. Well, hockey's in off season, it's just baseball and a tiny bit of football. And people don't pay attention to baseball off season as much as the other sports because there's just so many players in baseball, you can't keep track of them all. Half of them are also like Yeah. It's the hardest sport mm-hmm. to play. Well, cuz like there's like the minors are so objectively it's, it's the hardest sport to play and it's it's almost yeah, one of the hardest sports for a lot of people to watch because it's such a slow paced sport like you've got to commit to nine innings which yeah. we love doing it's like it's a bit more interesting than golf to some people uh, I find it really interesting because I love you. baseball and I'm very happy we're getting to start soon yeah because that means we're going to do the same thing we did last year which you know, our friends are going out on Friday nights. We are parked in, instead of a dorm room, a couch mm. watching baseball. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, leading leading from the Red Sox, the Astros investigation, all the cheating bullshit, nasty cheaters. It's We're not going to stop talking about it. We're, we're probably going to talk about something new that came out in the next, in the next podcast. So I'd, I'd like to move on from it and just talk about the LA Dodgers this year, um, the the realistic chance that they have to win the World Series this year, I think it's there. Well, it's it helps that the NL is kind of a shit show. Yeah, but they have the pieces this year. They've lost Maeda. Yeah, they've lost Ryu. Okay, they've lost a little <laughs> bit of pitching depth, but. If I think can that get, can easily be regained. Plus, they have some great pitching in the minors. If they can get 2018 Mookie, oh my fuck. They have great pitching in the minors, the Dodgers. So, And uh, Clayton I, Kershaw, again, there's the whole playoff, but the yeah. regular season, 
Clayton Kershaw's going to get oh, you there. Yeah, he'll get you. He'll get you to the postseason. I really think it could end up a Yankees Dodgers World Series, which would be classic. It would be great. That would be a great. And Derek I, Cole would throw nine I, innings. He would never come out, and he would shut out the entire team, and we'll celebrate. I well, yeah, I, I'd love to see the Yankees win, <laughs> but man, oh man. If the Dodgers won, I wouldn't even really feel that bad. I mean, I, obviously, I'd love to see the Yankees win, but the Dodgers have been tortured, especially after this whole uh, investigation and, and uncovering of Houston cheating. It's just, it would be so good for the sport if they just won a World Series so they could get that monkey off their back. They could come out as, you know, okay, we didn't choke this year because if you have, if you haven't noticed that the all the comments of this team chokes in the playoffs the Dodgers are chokers they've gone away and they've gone away for good reason because the Astros cheated and with this whole thing coming to an end the cheating coming to an end I'm sure they cheated in 2019 too against the Yankees with this whole thing wrapping up and maybe the Astros aren't as good this year without that that advantage that they had before, I really think that the Dodgers could actually pull it off this year. Oh, I 100% agree. I wouldn't be... Of course, I'm going to be upset when the Yankees lose. Yeah. But, like, but I, it's good for the like sport. The, it, would, it, would, it would literally be the storybook ending for Kershaw. such a, a tortured franchise. Like the the team I root for in the NL has been the Dodgers. I rooted for them in 2017. Yep. You know, when they played, I rooted for them in 2018 when they played the Red Sox. Well, when when the Yankees got put out by the Astros in 2017, well, I was we a, rooted I for was, them. Well, I wasn't like, an Astros fan before that, but like then I was like, bingo, let's go. Oh, I've always hated the Astros. I don't even know why I just did. And now, like, now it's justified, but like I just did. Um couple more things I want to touch on before we wrap up. Uh, I don't really think we're going to get to football today. Not much really happened. Like Not much really happened. You know, happened. we're now prior to free agency, so it's basically cutting season. And there's a few guys that, since they're cut, they can be signed prior to free agency. But, like... Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on in baseball is uh, Nolan Arenado. Um, he has not found a suitor to be traded to yet. He's sitting in Colorado. He's been pissed off by his management and owner about wanting to move him and then pulling him from trades. He thinks he's trade bait now. I don't think he's really going to be too content to stay in Colorado. So if he gets moved, I wouldn't be surprised. Where is it getting moved? That I don't really know. Um, if Cincinnati did a, three, a third base swap and flipped... Eugenio Suarez and something to Colorado and Arenado went to Cincinnati. Mm, well, that would be filthy. That would be filthy. And I Cincinnati would be a, Cincinnati would be a contender. They, well, they're uh, a dark horse now. And I think if they're they a dark get, horse they now, get Nolan, that would, got a, dark horse would be gone and just be contender. They've got a bit of a clusterfuck situation in their outfield. But if they can write that and they had Aaron Arenado at third, watch out because any team with Arenado is going to be a better team. But the fact that Cincinnati's pretty close um, is is just even even better for them. Um, how does Garrett Cole look in spring training? Well, I can tell you one thing. 
Yankees fans are just loving every single minute of these clips that I see from the Yankees uh, social media, the Yes Network social media. They've just been posting nonstop feeds of Garrett Cole throwing his his fastball, throwing like it. I love it. He is a beautiful man that's going to be a beautiful pitcher. I love it. I, I can't get enough of these Garrett Cole clips. I like I share every single one of them to my Instagram story just because he I'm, looks good in the uni. Yeah. I didn't know how I'd feel about short hair, clean shaven Garrett Cole, but He looks good. I'm into it. Not gonna lie. Like I mean paying a man that much he's money, a fine you better look, be. He's a fine looking man when he has his his uh, beard shaved off and his hair clipped up. Wants to be a Yankee. Um he, also, like, I think spring. I love spring training. Like the clips we've been seeing. Like I sent you a clip the other day of, of Zach uh, Britton. Zach Britton just yeah. cracking Joe. Oh my God, it was hilarious. Zach Britton has personality. I really hope Zach Britton has a good year this year because me too. He really got blown up last year. Not sure why. Sometimes it's just an unlucky year. I mean, Chad Green opened the year last year with like a ten point oh ERA, yeah. and he finished with a, a four point one three. It's hard to bring it down that much. He had a great uh, year after those first two months. So, could we see a, a rebound, Zach Britton? Yes, I, I completely think so. Um, Britton had like a three point eight three ERA the year before last. He's a great reliever. I just think that last year wasn't his year. He might have been suffering from an injury. I know he was injured at the, at the end of last season. So, uh. Like I said, I'm just excited to see all this kind of uh, come together. This weekend, we're going to have our first spring training games to watch. I'm going to be watching them for sure because I just I'm I'm cracking to see something. I'm cracking to see something because even if it's even if it's, you know, Clark Schmidt on the mound against, you know, a Reds team of prospects that I, I can't even name like. It's just going to be so refreshing to see the game of baseball back. And it's it's so funny how it almost signifies how quick summer is coming. Yeah, I know. Summer is on its way. And it, it, it might seem like a long time away now that we're talking about it in February. But summer, late spring is going to is going to pop up really fast. You know, I love it when It's even better for us because we're university students and we're ready to get out of here. Baseball signifies the time in the semester when my attention span goes. So I just watch baseball instead of do productive things. Yeah, uh, less studying on midterms, more studying on fantasy baseball. If you're us, it's just watching the World Series final final game instead of studying for your midterm. But yeah. Like, so before we close it off, a couple of fantasy pickups I'd like to mention. Um, deep leagues, not so deep leagues uh, in fantasy baseball. Um, Aristides Aquino, great, uh, great opening um, first impression last year at the end of the year. He got called up to Cincinnati. He was hitting homers left and right. Is he going to have that kind of production this year? No, it's it's unrealistic to think that he's going to hit a homer every single game he plays this year like he was doing at the end of last year. But that being said, I still think he could be a 30, 34 home run, 30, 35, sorry, home run hitter uh, this year easily, even though he's he's such a young talent. Uh, another one, Sonny Gray, another Cincinnati Red, uh, got traded to Cincinnati last year. I, that's... 
That's a name I remember hearing, but like yep. hearing it, I'm like, oh shit. Well, right, you're going to be Gray. hearing it some more because Sonny Gray went to Cincinnati as, you know, uh, a wounded pitcher, really couldn't get his stuff together. His pitch uh, rotation wasn't really doing so hot. People found holes in his his uh, junk that he was thrown to the plate. It seems like when you go to Cincinnati, you instantly become a better pitcher, and I think that's that's what's going to happen with with Sonny Gray. So, I really recommend picking Sonny Gray up if he's available in your league. Maybe buy low right now. I know he had a great end to the to the year last year when he was on Cincinnati. Um, another another piece to pick up another pitcher reliever. Uh, I mentioned last week, Emilio Pagan, now on the San Diego Padres, uh, got shipped from Tampa Bay last week. Great reliever. He's probably going to be the setup guy or middle middle relief to uh, Kirby Yates. Could close sometimes. Um, he'll get you those save holds. He'll get you those Ks. He has a really low whip. Like, pick Emilio Pagan up. You won't regret it. He might not be a buy low candidate necessarily, but someone who might not realize what they have in Emilio Pagan as a reliever might give him up really easy. Um, yeah. So again, like Jake said, we're not going to touch on football. Not a lot's happened, you know, that and without Greg, we're kind of shortening it and with me being sick. So I think we're just going to go to our players of the week and yeah. uh, close it out. So my player of the week, this is a homer take, but I think it's deserved. Is Mackenzie Blackwood uh, in his past three games. Two shutouts, both with, I think, both with roughly 40 shots. And then his last game against Columbus, uh, three he let in three goals, but he also took 55 shots. A lot of shots. Um, came up cl- unbelievably clutch in the shootout win over Columbus. And for the goalie that, for a goalie that faces the most odd man advantages in the NHL, his play is of recent. Got me excited that we might have the second coming of Marty Brodeur in the New Jersey Devils franchise. Well, I'll tell you this. You definitely have something. Like, Blackwood is going to be a great goaltender. He needs some help on defense and his backup goalie not to be He needs some trash. support, but with the picks that you're getting, the young prospects that you're getting in these trades, like I said earlier, I've said it probably four or five times now, New Jersey can actually give him that support in the future, I think. I'm excited. If you draft well. You know. And I think you're going to. It went from like. Because you don't want another one of these years in the Being a Devils fan wanting to put your head in with a tire iron to like, now I'm like, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what will happen. Yeah. Granted, I said that going into this year and it blew up in my face, but like, no, I'm excited. I, I legitimately think that you have a good chance at becoming a good team in the next two to three years if you if you play your cards right draft well develop what you have give blackwood the time he needs but don't overplay him uh go to domingue when you have to to uh you know give him give him some load management um i really think there's there's something special in uh jack hughes obviously he's only 18 he's not gonna he's not gonna blow the doors off the place this year and then you still have nico Heischer. So you've got a good base, two to three years, maybe even one to two years, depending on how fast you advance um, your rebuild. I think you're going to be a good team, Notch. Uh, I, I think so. you're. I think you're in in, uh, in good good care with everything that you've got. My player of the week is shifting to basketball. 
Uh, I don't think I've had a player of the week from basketball thus far. Maybe I have. Maybe I had Zion. I'm not sure. I think you did. I think I did like first or second episode. But um, my player of the week is Aaron Gordon. Had to just do it out of pity almost because it's a real crying shame that even though I don't think the taco fall was the be-all, end-all of the dunks that were shown that night, um, I really think Aaron Gordon outperformed. Given that he was already snubbed the first time, why can't you just give it to him the second time? And now Aaron Gordon says he's not going to take part in it in the future. I mean, you lost you lost a great dunk competition uh, star in pissing him off a second time. So really poorly handled by the NBA and the NBA All-Star game. It, it, it's a real crime shame. Not that I really care about it so much to to be like really pissed off over it, but because c- it's the All-Star game. I, I mean, it's not the biggest deal in, in uh, basketball, but as a viewer who invested time in watching the whole dunk competition, I was saying, surely to God, they won't do it again to Aaron Gordon. And they did it again. And they should be ashamed of themselves. But what can you do? Um, Aaron Gordon says he's not going to be in, in the dunk competition anymore. And I wouldn't want to either. No. So uh, that's that. I mean, will they maybe revise the dunk competitions judging or the rules or what they do if they have a tie at the end like they did this time. Hopefully. Hopefully they do. For the viewer's sake. Because it was it was tiring watching all those dunks at it, the end. It was. Like I get like there's a point where you've got to throw this Don't add Chadwick Bozeman to the judging panel next get time. Get the celebrity keep the celebrities in the All Star game. Get them the hell out of your judging. Uh stop snubbing people. But yet, you're still by miles. It's the best All Star Weekend. Like without, I'd probably say baseball, but it's it's damn close for me. I, I think I think basketball, especially with the surprise they they gave us in the new format that and worked. the actual All Star game. Me and you shat on it, but it we, we yeah we shit on it hard because it was unnecessary in my opinion when I first saw it at least. But now I'm like wow. That was actually a really good game. I really enjoyed it. So, again, yeah, no debate topic this week, but I think that's safe to say that, uh, you know, it's been a shorter episode, but we hope you still all enjoyed. Not too much shorter, though. No, no, not terribly. We actually carried it pretty well. Um, yeah, that's all for this week. Um, we're going to move next week's, or well, this week's debate topic to next week to do it with Greg because we didn't really see much point in uh, debating trade deadline uh, uh, adjustments between two people. We've kind of been debating between two people the whole podcast. We haven't really had a third person to bounce things off of. So we're going to move that to next week. Um, Stay tuned for that. Follow our social media at BRBL Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And subscribe to the Backroom Beer League YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, everyone.